Welcome back to the program. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, I thank you and I praise you for the gift of our lives, the gift of our faith. Thank you for the gift of the saints that walk with us in Advent. Lord, help us to draw near to the gift of this communion of saints, and I ask that they would be praying for us and with us. And in particular, we look to St. Andrew and ask for his mighty intercession in this Advent season. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Carrie, are you ready to pray our St. Andrew Novena? Yes, I am. <laughs> All right, let's go. Hail and, and blessed be the hour and moment in, in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary, at midnight in Bethlehem, in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed Mother. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Carrie, that's the first time we've, I think, ever used that novena uh, as part of our Advent prayers. And it's something that I didn't bring to the family. What I was really, I don't know, I guess I'd say excited about was that it came from our daughter, Mary Grace, that she was saying to us, hey, what are you guys doing for Advent this year? And she proposed this St. Andrew Novena. And what's, for me, different about it is that you pray this short prayer that we just prayed 15 times a day. And for 30 days. So it, it began, I believe, actually, the, the day before the first day, the first Sunday of Advent, like last Saturday. But it's something that she posted into the, uh, the, the, the chat, the group texting chat group that we have uh, with, with the Currens. And what I like about it is that our boys are doing it. Like John Luke has, he has it on his phone on his little iPod. He doesn't have a phone. And last night he went off in the other room because he had to still crank out a handful more. <laughs> and both of them have asked me in the course of many days, hey, how many have you prayed so far today? Or if we're going to pray our family rosary, how many more do we have to get in to get to 15? Okay, one down. Can we just <laughs> pray it every segment? That'll be four. By the time we're done. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, uh, that'll be good. It'll crank out those four, and then we'll, we get a rosary in, so that's another six, because we do one at the beginning, and then we do one for each of the mysteries. That's six more. So that'll get us to ten right there, dear. It's a short prayer, too. It's like a Hail Mary. Yeah. Maybe a little bit longer. It, when, uh, when you, ha have you done it? Have you been doing this? Yes, and when I prayed at 10 o'clock at night, I prayed a lot faster than when we just prayed it. <laughs> Well, I, okay, so here's my full confession. We're uh, seven days into doing this, and I've never prayed it 15 times. Well, I thought we got a fresh start because then I heard it started. December 1st? On the feast day of St. Andrew, which would be Thursday. Oh, okay. So that's, yeah, so we're recording this on Thursday. So today, so this is your chance. Let's just claim it. Let's just claim fresh start. Let's go. <laughs> Maybe it's Wednesday. We got this. We got this. Yeah. I don't know. Well, whatever the case. <laughs> whatever. We're working towards it. <laughs> I, well, I did a program early in the week about Advent and making the most of Advent. 
that Advent has become something different for us since we moved here, where we have recovered some of the original meaning of Advent that we had, not so recovered, we've never really been introduced to it. Like I grew up living Advent. I went through the seminary all those years, all the theology, all this blah, 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 blah. But it wasn't until we came here that the idea that Advent is principally a penitential season, a, a season that's, that's a bit different than Lent, but it has a penitential quality. And, and the quality is to remove the obstacles. No, no, that's Lent, sorry. Lent is about removing the obstacles. Uh, the, the meaning of, of Advent is about preparing the way. It's like clearing the path so that Christ can come. And <laughs> there's a lot of clearing. There's a lot of clearing. And to I do. think that especially this season, it's easy for me to put a lot of stuff in the pathway. I feel like I'm already behind, even though we just started. And I, see, I can see how like when you pray this 15 times a day, I think for me, it would be idea to do it every hour or regularly just to continually remind myself of what the season is about but that's not how i've been praying it so it's usually clumped together five here five there um but i can see how easily for me i've already felt kind of in that rush and hurry and checking the box and making sure that certain things are ordered or <laughs> purchased or organized or i just already and it's only the first of the the month and it just it's interesting how i feel so scattered yeah it if we take that spirit of removing the obstacles like clearing the path we had a, a great example of that at a human level an analogy of the snow and the driveway and the walkway because i had our kiddos out there i think three times shoveling the driveway because we had a ton of snow fall and you know for our relatively speaking a ton of snow it was a lot of snow and it was wet heavy snow it was like the other side of the mountain snow yeah yeah it was it was wet heavy snow and so when it fell i said to the to the boys and the girls too but the boys guys you got to get out there you've got to clear off the driveway of this first and they're like <laughs> well it's still snowing dad you do know they put all the snow in front of the garage door i know until i told them not to i just said get that cleared out of there and then so, they put it on my flower pots which i guess <laughs> is like an igloo so hopefully they won't crack and then i told them as we drove home from there i had i took them to school because i wasn't sure they could drive in the slush and snow and ice um because of where we live there's a lot of ice on the road up because we're like a thousand feet up but um as we drove home, I said, let's, let's look at all the neighbors' sidewalks and driveways and see who did it the best. And let's rate them. Oh, you're That's so funny. A, you did that? A minus, B, <laughs> B plus. And they were thinking, oh, mom, ours is better than this. Ours is better than that. You know, they were pretty confident. And we get to our house, I go, okay, that's a good fat D. <laughs> and none of them argued with me. They all agreed. Um, yeah, because you don't realize what it's supposed to look like until you can see what it's supposed to look like. I did say the neighbors have the most beautiful driveway that has been cleared. And they said, but mom, their driveway's heated. I said, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> that's, that's what I want for Christmas. I want a heated driveway. 
One of our neighbors has a heated driveway? The next doors. They do, really? Yes, that's why it's like perfectly clear. Oh, really? Are you sure? I am sure. I don't think so. I think I saw our neighbor shoveling. Well, maybe they shovel first, and then it gets it started, and then it just melts everything. Oh, wow. Well, all Wait, I know is... isn't a heated driveway a thing? I think that's a thing. It is a thing. I, yeah. Okay, they're engineers. They have a heated driveway. Okay. You know our neighbors. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Anyhow. Well, we don't. We've got kids. We've got kids and shovels. <laughs> Who shoveled all the stuff in front of our driveway, or our garage, and then covered all our drains. So I said, so when this starts to melt, you guys, this is not how it's supposed to work. The thing is, it hasn't snowed this much in one fall since 2008. So I don't think a lot of Spokane nights, whatever we're called, were ready for it, or it caught a lot of people off guard. Um, all the schools, I think, were closed yesterday, plus a bunch of other stuff. And I know Seattle got a bunch of snow, too. Um, so anyhow, it's just funny to see how everyone deals with it and the degree to which people shovel and clear and blow. They did say, the kids did say, Mom, if we had a blower, a snow blower, it would be a lot better. If you could get that for us, that would be helpful. <laughs> we do have a snow blower. Well, it broke. <laughs> it's in the garage. It broke? That's what, I saw a bunch of tape around it. Oh, no, it, it works fine. I told the kids. Oh, well, why didn't they use it? I told it, well, it's the kind of snow. It, it Because oh, it was so wet and heavy okay. and low to the ground, It was, I wanted them to just use the uh, to use the shovels. I thought it would be, actually be better for them rather than using that. that that's really made for lighter snow because it's not a high-quality one. It's a entry-level one. Okay. So it's electric, not gas, blah, blah, blah. So when I think about... Going out there, it was removing the obstacles. You got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing it if you want to have a clear path. That's, that's a good point. It's an Advent spirit. So you were saying I'm a little discouraged that I'm not a few days in, and I already feel yeah <laughs> scattered. Well, and you just think about what happened with the snow. It's kind of like that. It just keeps coming and it keeps hitting and it keeps hitting. And it's like okay, we got to stay on top of this. We've got to keep not get discouraged that okay, it's a bit messy. It's a bit slippery. It's a but we've got to really handle it. And what I think made one of the things that made the big difference was the salt. We put the salt down on the top section of it after we had cleared it the third time. And that ended up melting the ice that remained there. And it, it uh, provided a nice protection over the snow that, that continued the rest, of, the rest of yesterday and last night. So it made, it able, made us able to be able to get out. What are we going to do when our kids all leave? Who's going to be shuffling a driveway? By that time, will we have a heated driveway? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I think <laughs> Maybe we'll only have one car at that point. I'm not worried about the future. I just want to talk about right I now. I know, but I, 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 keep... I want to stay with my analogy, salt. <laughs> I was thinking of all salt, our neighbors that don't have, a lot of them don't have teenagers at home. I thought about that. It's like, how do they get their driveways okay, all that, shoveled? That's for a few, like a little later in the program, we're going to talk about serving. Right, as an important thing. I want to stay on the theme of in order to get help with your Advent commitments, and I hope that you do, folks, have some Advent commitments, realize that there are going to be things that get in the way of you getting things out of the way. Don't be surprised if the world, the flesh, and the devil are going to throw things in your way to make it difficult for you to clear the way for the Lord to come. I just think about, like, here, this is a human thing. I'm not saying it's the devil, but the flu. The flu has knocked 
I think us all for a loop, right? Not just in terms of, oh, even Thanksgiving things, but I just mean this week with my Advent commitments, the flu has not helped me at all. And it's not that I've been terribly sick, but I haven't had the normal energy to get on and stay on the schedule that I was having as a really nice momentum with getting up early to pray the rosary uh, online and um, working out every day. I I have found that I I lost the momentum. It's like I got punched in the stomach by the flu. It's interesting as you say that. I think of the level of drive or motivation that people have. And I know it varies with everyone and different cultures and nationalities. Um, And I think it's something that I just expect people to have, like there's a certain level of with itness. And then even our culture or our country has this level of intentionality and drive. Um, But when you get sick or when you encounter these setbacks, it's, oh, a lot of people just live with this day to day. They don't have the wherewithal to keep going, keep going, keep going. And it's just interesting to see how it affects you in the season too, because it's darker and it's colder and you want to buck. I want to bundle up and stay inside, not do much. Um, And then it's also just the amount of stuff coming at us that just distracts or dissipates, I think is the word you use. Disperse. Disperses the energy that you have to focus on getting certain jobs or tasks done and things just start to weigh you down. Anyhow, I not to, <laughs> sounds so inspiring. I, I just, know, I think uh, so here, just at least to wrap up this point, as we finish off this section of the program, folks, when you establish a vision and some goals for your advent, it can be very motivating. It hopefully is motivating, right? That's a sign that you have, raised up an authentic vision and some goals is that it touches an ideal state. It touches a a preferable state that you want to head towards. And so it's one of the great gifts of Advent is that we are going to extend ourselves to do, to live at a higher level in a better, better place. Well, then all of a sudden we encounter sickness or other dispersing kinds of activities and it can be very discouraging. It's specifically because we were trying to get better. And now all of a sudden, we're not even where we were. We've fallen back. I think that's one of the, one of the dynamics, one of the um, phenomena that happens when we do intention, intentional goal setting. So, well, Carrie, we're up against a break. When we come back, um, I'm going to dive into uh, another part of this prayer and connect it to the World uh, Cup. The World Cup. I will. It will we'll connect it in just a minute. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find Uh, a help in if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Hey, 
Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran, joined by my lovely wife, Carrie. Carrie, we mentioned the St. Andrew prayer as a, a, new, um, a, new, a new prayer that was introduced to us. And I think that the thing that jumped out to me that I had to smile at was the section of the prayer that brought out the, let's call it the spiritual awareness that you can be praying here now and today but be by the grace of God brought into living contact with a past moment in the history of salvation. In particular, in this prayer, which is a prayer crying out to the Lord at the moment of his birth at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. And it, and it says, in that hour, I ask you, O oh my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires. It's not, Lord, you remember when you came to birth 2,000 years ago? Can you remember that and show me some favor right now? But rather, it's in this prayer, Lord, I'm connecting myself back. I, by your grace, am being brought back into living contact with that moment. Kind of like the little drummer boy. I'm there at the stable. I'm there before the manger. And I'm bringing you my prayer through that spiritual communion between 2022 and that moment in Bethlehem. It is really powerful. I I don't know why, or I don't know theologically like how it all works, but there is a power in praying that prayer and thinking about the moment at which he was born. I love that our faith doesn't lose these powerful foundational life-changing eternity moments with time it's not oh he died 2,000 years ago no there's a sense of his crucifixion happening in the present and they do that with this prayer as well and I feel like there's such a way in which you can partake of it that you can be a part of it that you're not lost in this like you know, we look around now and say, okay, where are the holy people and the saints and the moments? It's like, oh no, you get to go back to these holy moments with all of heaven and the whole body of Christ and be present in that moment in a just a supernatural way. It's kind of like those movies we watch where <laughs> they run forward into time 50 years and then they go back 20 years. And um, it's, a, it's not time travel. It's even more beyond time. It's that the Lord stands over time. Yeah, I, I, for me, that's one of the things that I've, um, I've been pondering more about is the relationship between our human experience of time, past, flowing towards the future, and there's the touch of the present moment versus eternity, which is the fullness of time, right? So there's a sense of fullness. We tend to think of time as flowing in a line rather than the idea of a cup that's full and overflowing. There's a, this idea of the fountain fullness, that there's this overflowing reality, and that's, that's the reality of eternity. It's, it's, not, it's a gush, it's a, it's a geezer. Uh, it's, a, it's something that's overflowing uh, from fullness to fullness. It's uncontainable, and yet it's perfect. So I think you lost me, but that's okay. That's okay. Well, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it, I, I, I'll leave that alone. But just to say that uh, God is to be encountered in the present moment, but in the present moment, the God whom you encounter can link you with other moments in, in 
salvation history. And that happens at Mass, like you referenced, but that also happens in prayer. And this prayer, this St. Andrew prayer that we're talking about, in some ways, is simply enfleshing what we do in the rosary, or what could happen in the rosary, right? It, at one level, it could just be a prayer where we're just saying a bunch of Hail Marys and some other prayers thrown in every 10, 10 Hail Marys. But that's just meant to clear away the obstacles so that we can focus on the mystery. And focusing on the mystery is not, it, it, it can not only connect us to our imagination and memory saying, oh yeah, that's what happened at the birth of Jesus, but it can also be a means of spiritual communion and connection to the mystery, the third joyful mystery, the birth of Jesus, where we're there. And that's what I'm striving for. Like when we're praying the rosary, and when I'm at my best in praying the rosary, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm making that like dedicated effort to not only think about the mystery, but be brought, be, allow myself to be brought into spiritual connection with the mystery. I think for me to do that, I need to know the scriptures better. And I, I mean, I know sometimes we pray the rosary and you'll give us reference thoughts and help our imagination to go back to those different mysteries. But for me, it's really hard to some of, to contemplate some of those mysteries and not really, I like, I don't have a breath of thought or a, a imagination that's fully expound. I guess you watch like the passion, <laughs> the movie, and that actually helps my imagination with some of the sorrowful mysteries so it's just interesting as you're sharing this. And, and even the nativity scene, I'm thinking of the children's books we read during Advent or looking at um, the manger scenes. But to really expand upon the language in, in the, the adverbs, adjectives, just to color it with depth, I don't have that. I have to actually go read and study and ponder content around those different mysteries, which I haven't done. So uh, I, don't I, I don't know, know if you've ever said that to me before. That's well. How do you actually ponder like the the presentation? Right. Well, you read the story of <laughs> of the presentation of the child Jesus in the temple. But you do see how it can be just two dimensional, and it sometimes can be even flat. And then it's you have to recall all the story, the parts of the story. I can't do that in my mind. Why not? Because I don't have a good memory. Like oh, I have that's to. Interesting. Or even if I as I'm praying it. Like praying a scriptural rosary would help? Oh, way better. Really? Oh, for sure. Because, you know, and like a scriptural rosary, you're just taking like a little portions of the of the scene, and then you're popping those in every, like after every Hail Mary, you're reading another scripture, or maybe the scripture before you pray the 10 Hail Like, Marys. I don't even think I pray the rosary right, because I will be praying the words, and I'll be offering images of family and intentions and people, mostly people, to the Lord through the rosary. I don't sit there and say, like, I'm not praying, saying the words. I'm actually just offering up people and intentions. I'm not actually pondering the mysteries because they're too hard for me to connect to. Okay. But <laughs> I don't know why we're talking this? about this. No, this is like, this is important <laughs> because, um, 
it, let's call it three levels, right? You can, at one level, just be saying the, the, the words of the Hail Marys, right? And I think that's what our kids are doing and their, their minds are often just disengaged. And I start there. I mean, I always start there. Yeah, I, I, can, I can end there or I could start there too. And, and we there. let our minds just float into other things that just are not connected to the rosary. You, at a second level is what you're talking about. That's You're making the serious effort to say, let me study the scriptures, let me understand the, mis- the event that's being discussed or that's being prayed about so that I can call to mind in my imagination and on my memory and reflect on the spiritual fruit connected to that mystery. But there's a third level, and the third level is what I was talking about. So when I pray the presentation, I'm not thinking about the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph presenting Jesus to the temp- uh, in the temple. Oh. I... I that's maybe the first Hail Mary. That's maybe just the Our Father. What am I doing? Presenting your I'm family. I'm present, yes. Oh, well, that's what I do during the rosary. So yeah. like the agony in the garden, I just, all the things that are agonizing in my life, in my heart, in my space, all the ways that the Lord agonizes over my lack. Um, I take some of those words and just offer them up in prayer in my mind and heart through my imagination. Yeah, that's. That's what I do. That's okay. excellent. That's, oh, I th- good. I'm doing actually, it right. You're, well, <laughs> just, you're doing like, it more know. than right. That's very profound. Because well, I what's think happening is I learned that from you because I've heard you pray the rosary online, and I've heard you pray with people, and I think that your prayers have actually helped me to say, "Oh, okay, this is how I want to do finding Jesus in the temple." Or you'll you will say prayers of Lord, help us to find you, or you'll, the Nativity, help us. To You'll say, help us to be Come born. Be born into this part of this, our lives. Lord. Yeah, in this yeah, area, in this space. Help us not crowd you out. And, yeah. So I think yeah. your prayers have ha- actually helped me to know how to pray it as a prayer and not just words. Well, and do you think then that we, like our kids would benefit? Because uh, if, if I were to pray somewhat like that, at least maybe at the beginning of the mystery? Or? I think it's more a conversation. This is how you do it. Or this is some of the things that... When we say the presentation or when we say the nativity or whatever, the visitation. I always pray for hospitality and mission when I pray the visitation. Do you really? Yes. I don't pray that. That's funny. I pray that I would like, it's often the idea that you allow the Lord to draw you into contact with some aspect or facets of the event that's being meditated upon. So for instance, you're talking about hospitality. And so are you imagining yourself in the position of Elizabeth? Like who's coming to my door and am I welcoming them because I'm really welcoming Jesus? Is that what you mean? Well, Tom, I don't know. It's, it's both. It's Mary, it's, it's Elizabeth, it's mission. It's how do we be warm and welcoming to others in our home, in our heart, in our day-to-day, in driving a car. And right. it could be going to Seattle. And when I visit there, I and I'm praying the rosary and that whole trip, it's helped this encounter, this time be that so I be hospitable towards them. Even be hospitable though. versus I'm on a visitation. I'm going to... It could be either one. Okay, great. Depending. Yeah. So that's, 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 again, what I'm talking about is that in the mystery, the Lord is going to say, all right, now I'm going to swing you around and I'm going to take you out of the position of Elizabeth and I'm going to move you into the position of the Blessed Mother. And you're going to be the one who's doing the visiting. Do you realize that 
when you go where you go, the people that you meet today, I will use you as a place of visitation. And that, that's that sense of mission. That yes. he's going to visit the world through you today. Yes. Do you have that sense? Yes, that's how I pray. Okay. Um, I would, in my thoughts, would be thinking, Lord, who do you want me to visit today? How can I be a better neighbor? How can we, Lord, help us, help me to convert or to bring your light and your love to our neighbors that I'm not talking to because their camera is on our door. Guys, our neighbor has a camera on our house. And we got some packages last week. And about 10 minutes later, the son comes over and knocks on our door and says, we saw you got packages delivered to your house from our our camera. camera. (laughs) And we're thinking that maybe you got our packages. And he was not believing us as Tom and I and two of the kids were standing there. So I went into my room and I brought out all... We received a notification. (laughs) We received a notification that our package was delivered, but we didn't receive it. I had to bring out all the packages and show him our name on them. even though I guess I could have kept his package in our our closet but the, our neighbors are so suspect of us <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad no I just have been feeling conviction and this is one of the prayers that I'm offering during the St. Andrew Novena is for our neighbor not for their conversion but for me to be converted to evangelize them and to love them because I don't even feel like I want to evangelize them which is so terrible like, I don't think we're ever, terrible. well, I don't feel like we're ever going to be good enough to how they, because they judge everything by order and perfection. And I just am so quick to say, oh no, I'm not perfect at all. <laughs> I fail all the time. And so we're like on opposite ends of the spectrum and we start. Carrie, they might be a little mirror for you. <laughs> I don't know. All I can say is I've kind of just thrown in the towel and thinking, Lord, this is beyond my skill set. <laughs> but this is my prayer. Lord, bring it to the forefront and let me burn with love and passion the way you do for them because I have no good reason to not. You know, as you say this, this prayer about and the, in the moment of your birth, uh, the St. Andrew prayer, what yeah. is it? In the moment of... Right. In, the, in the hour of your birth. I think about heaven and judgment and when I see that I didn't take these opportunities to evangelize them and I'm gonna, it's going to be coming back to me and then I think of people are judged, and they're people that have this encounter with judgment say it's like every moment that they encounter their whole life instantly, but it's as if it just it's happening right then and there. So there's something about timelessness in this prayer and timelessness in judgment where you are going to encounter everything that you've done from five years old, eight years old, twelve years old, what all every year, every every moment, every season. And it's going to be all encompassing, like all at once, but you'll be able to attain, like experience Remember that fullness it. thing again? <laughs> oh, is that cup full? Full like, to overflowing, right? That The concept of fullness is that eternity is, is whole. It's whole and complete at once. Okay. And it's the mirror opposite <laughs> of time. I'm just talking about judgment, not I'm talking I know. about the glory. <laughs> the moment of judgment. The okay. moment of judgment is eternity touching time. And all of a sudden, the whole of your life is as a moment. Okay. Yes. I think that's what it will be like. The fullness of the moment. But then also all the really good things and all the generous things and all the beautiful things that we did with our time and our 
energy and our efforts. Well, and then the Lord did through us, right? Yeah, so that, that we did the... it, but yes, we obe- we were obedient and allowed the grace and the mercy of God to move through us. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love the reflection, Carrie. This is uh, we're coming up against uh, another break here. But just to say, folks, when, when you consider prayer, consider it as a moment of living contact with the Lord. And then through something like the rosary, it can become an opportunity for you to have the mystery of the, the, the particular event of those mysteries become manifest in your life. And that is a very rich and fruitful way to, for instance, pray the rosary. All right, we're beginning to break. When we come back, the World Cup is here. Back in a minute with Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. And Carrie, I just have one thing to say. To be or not to be? To be. To be? Yeah. What is to be? I don't even know if that's what it's called, to be. Maybe it's tubby. Maybe it's to buy or T-U-B-I. I don't know. Well, Do you it's think it's American of, app? It must be. It must be. It's some kind of app on our smart TV. I'll look it up real quick as you share. Okay, you can look it up. But it is a... Uh, it is a a privileged point of access to the World Cup. Any of you that are fans of the World Cup know that, well, the games play live typically on Fox Sports, but if you want to watch highlights of all the games or replays, you go to this, I I guess you call it an app on your smart TV called T-U-B-I. I I guess it's called, I'm going to, we're going to just claim it's called Tubi. And one of the things that I find like fun about Tubi is that it, it's kind of a, a, another form of experience of what we just talked about in prayer, which is the difference between engaging in something in a way that is like flat and um, like not alive and coming into living contact is, is this website. <laughs> I mean, is this app? Because when you go on to Tubi, you can watch replays of games, you can watch highlights. Uh, short or longer versions. But then when you want to click onto it live, it's very rare that, at least for us, we're clicking onto the channel at the exact moment the game is starting. And so they've got this fascinating option where you click onto the game and it says, catch up with highlights. And it'll show you the highlights of the game up to that point. So they've already happened and you can watch them. And then in the lower right-hand corner, it says watch live. And once you reach the end of the highlights, this thing like fills up. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's as if the button gets hit and all of a sudden you're there live. And it's such a difference between watching something that has happened in the past and having living connection with it in the present. And that's kind of like what we've been talking about in prayer is that it's kind of like Tubi. If all we ever do in prayer is think that we are remembering past events and just watching them. Or thinking about them. Thinking about them, right? That's one level of action. But it's not nearly as exciting, as drama-filled, as powerful as being brought into the moment of living contact. Yes. I think that's why the Mass is so powerful. I think that... Or it can be powerful. It can be, but I think in the moments where it's more powerful for myself, it's been where I am highly focused on this moment in history that happened 2,000 years ago and then some, and that I can partake in it. I can be 
present to it. I can meditate on it. Um, it so I don't, I mean, this is a much more of a Catholic thing. I think that I don't think Protestants look at it this way at all. But that we actually see it as a, a moment that's happening right there on the altar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the mystery of the relationship between Christ's Paschal mystery, his passion, death, resurrect, passion, death, resurrection, and ascension into heaven. That's called the Paschal mystery. That happened 2,000 years ago, but it's brought into the present, or we are connected to that past event through the ritual that Christ established, the um, new covenant of the Passover meal, which he made his own. He embraced and made it his own. And so when we celebrate that ritual of remembrance, that which is remembered is brought into the present, or we are brought vitally into contact with that past moment. I think, I mean, I think talking about Advent and preparing for Advent, that prayer, yeah, (laughs) that prayer is bringing you to that moment of Christ's birth. I think that's why every day you're praying it 15 times and you're also, I'm also thinking about the moment of your birth at midnight. That's so funny, Carrie. I haven't thought of that. Like, I haven't really thought about why would we pray 15 times a day the prayer that puts us at the crib, at the manger. Like, why would we do that? And you know what? It's very proleptic. What does that mean? I'm flexing. Go ahead. So proleptic (laughs) is not the idea that we're moving towards an event that sits in the future and we're eventually going to get there, but rather the event is present, but in a hidden form. Yes, it is hidden. It's a mystery. It's a beautiful, dark, <laughs> midnight mystery. There's something about it that's so captivating and sweet and innocent and calming. A holy night, silent night. I'm going to just start singing. I have to turn off that heater. We have a space heater on, and we're supposed to turn it off. And Tom and I had this dumb argument. We have two... Is it heaters in our house? Two full... Can we turn it off first? Yeah, okay. turn, well, me, go ahead and turn it off while I talk. Okay, I just talk. talk and you turn it off. <laughs> but I don't know if you can see. Now it's off. And I was kind of arguing with him about heating the whole downstairs because it's about five degrees cooler down here. Versus You were trying to argue. I was saying, is this an inquiry? Uh, <laughs> he can heat his room, his office, or he can heat like seven other rooms down here. So you're saying I can put on the space heater and just heat my room, or we can Turn spend on. more electricity and heat the entire downstairs that is empty of any person in any other room except for this room. Thank you. Yes. Okay. I think everyone agrees that you should just turn the space heater on. I love these space heaters because I can go... what did I say to you? When did I actually turn the heat up? When the kids came home, but they're never cold. And it was just a few minutes before you came in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, but you had the heat on this morning. I did. I did. And I was cleaning downstairs. I got the downstairs all put together. I was so hot. I was like, why does he have the whole Because basement? I was freezing cold. I'm going to get you some gloves. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get you two heaters. I Remember I talked about being sick and being sick and not at your best and, and, oh, are and you? all okay. of that. I think Anyhow, I, thank you for turning off the heater. Back to <laughs> the midnight hour prayer. Well, it was. Uh, we, were, we were actually talking about the way in which the World Cup was connecting us to even in a like a very human analogy, the idea of the difference between watching a highlight of a past event 
and being part of the living moment of the event itself. It's actually a really good analogy. Did that come to you when you're, when did that come to you? Well, when we started talking about it. Okay. Cause it really is, it's so cool. You can go on Tubi, whatever it's called. It's, by the way, it's an app, it's a streaming service. It's free. So like Netflix or Amazon prime, you have to pay. This is free, but it has ads, but it has way more TVs and TV shows and movies on it than the other two. Oh, wow. There's a lot more. And they said some of the stuff they have on there is a little quirky and fun. But because it has ads or it's ad supported, it's free. So it's that's kind of like an option. a TV channel. Like a TV channel. Yeah. <laughs> but it's but also it's... active now because so they're, they're taking all these film games from Fox Sports. Oh, okay. So why wouldn't we watch it on a Fox app? Because Fox only, uh, the Fox Sports app on the. Uh, on the smart TV only has like live, live games. Okay, got it. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing what technology can do. I mean, it's a pretty awesome. You can go and sit and watch like every game played in like a half hour or 20 minutes or an hour because they're a good 12 minutes well, and recap. I, whoever thought of that was very clever. It's the idea so of doing fun. 90 and 90, you know, the 90 minutes of the game is summarized in a minute and a half. Uh, or you can watch the longer one, which is again, 10 to 12 minutes long ish. And it's going to show you all the best plays. What's your favorite recap so far? Do you remember? No, I don't. I don't. The like, scissor I don't kick. have enough uh, connection to any of the scissor pl- kick. Like, Volley into a scissor kick. That was beautiful. Oh yeah, Do that was that? that was cool. And yeah. then how about the behind the ba- behind behind behind? Oh, that was really cool too. That was like yeah, two days ago. See, but if you I said to me was. like what teams and what players, <laughs> they didn't I couldn't make, name anybody. <laughs> they didn't make the goal though. They didn't yeah. actually score, but it was a beautiful, the Carrie, most beautiful unfortunately, play. Unfortunately, we're kind of exposed. At least I am. That the, I know Lionel Messi and Cristiano <laughs> Ronaldo. That's it. I know two <laughs> I players. I don't know any of them either. Yeah, we know more more players from watching Manchester City. You watched it. I never watched it. Oh, that's how our boys and girls, the, how they're invested in it. It's funny because our kids don't necessarily want USA to win. They really no. They're like we want the pro life, the Catholic country, the country that's the underdog. Oh, I guess wow. we are the underdog, but because they were so into the LGBT oh, woke the, stuff, the, those rainbow flags, they're things. so annoyed. Yeah. And I will never ever go to an MLB ga- game. Is it MLB? Uh, MLS. MLS. Major no. League Soccer. Is it? Yeah. Oh, what's MLBs? Oh, baseball. Major League Baseball, dear. <laughs> I know MLS. that. I know that. <laughs> when the one game I went to like 10 years ago, it was just happened to be during in June with rainbow everything. I thought, I will never support this organization ever again. Anyhow, that's just me. Um, so they don't even want USA to win. Of course, we're going to cheer them on, but we'd love to see like Poland... Croatia. Well, and that's it. Everyone Catholic well, pro life. I actually like that. That was country. really cool because our kids were saying it. Dad, which 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 uh, team is the most Catholic? Like which country is the most Catholic? Or Christian? I mean, just pro life. No, Catholic. Well, of course they that that's because there is no quote unquote Christian country. They're all Catholic because if they're Catholicism. Anything, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Argentina, Brazil, like 90 percent Catholic. I don't even know what that means. But that's the country's population, not necessarily the team. No, but they what want. I like, the, though, they love like, the country. themselves. I just like. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm voting for that guy now. You know, because they're just you know. But then when you have like guys on both teams blessing themselves, I just well, okay. Either team winning is good to me. So who's going to go on a pilgrimage if their team wins? Oh, Lionel Messi, right? They like from Messi. Argentina. All right, we're up against a break. Back in a minute. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Kernan with my lovely wife, Carrie, and this is a Faith and Family edition. 
It's also Advent. It's also a first Friday in Advent. One of the things I said to Carrie to the kiddos was, let's do the nine first Fridays. Let's get launched, right? Here it is. It'll be four Fridays in Advent, and then we'll um, be one just before the new year during the Christmas, during the Christmas, um, what's it called? Um, Octave. Octave. Very good. Damn. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Woohoo. <sighs> and we'll be done with the nine first Fridays by the time we get to... Uh, by the time we get to Lent, there nice. we go. And, uh, or we could do the five first Saturdays, I was saying as well, because we have the Rorate Cheli. And so that, that would be coming up tomorrow. And I don't think we have, I don't think we've actually found the local church that's doing we it. Need to, I need to look it up. Got to dig that out. So that's, and the kids were not, they, they were not cheering the idea of getting up at six hey, in the morning. If they can get up and watch a <laughs> soccer game that's at 5 a.m., Okay, I want to come back to the World Cup for a minute. Because uh, one of the things that is, I want to say pretty much universal about soccer players, which is different than almost any other sport, is that, man, they're all in good shape. (laughs) There's no fat. Yeah, you know, you can have like football players and, you know, baseball players and basketball players. You can have guys that are just like big. They have the nicest bodies. They Just are saying <laughs> they are lean. I mean, they are in shape. Well, I bring that up because I've been working out, and I don't know if it's just how old I am. That's I'm going to use an excuse. Uh, you talked a bit about the idea of dedication, being just dedicated, like how Americans would be dedicated to get up. Um, there's a definitely a momentum to working out where you get into the momentum. And it's like, I feel really good about that. Oh, even though it was hard, even though I feel muscle ache and all that, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. You get into that habit. But boy, when you, when I got sick, it knocks down that momentum. And then it leads to discouragement and then miss a couple of days. And then you end up with a broken habit. And so, Carrie, I think about that because... Like these soccer players, they are in optimal condition, right? They can run and sprint and run for 90 minutes. It's amazing. It's amazing how few substitutes, how many, how few subs you have in a soccer game when they are running way more than pretty much any other sport. I mean, there's no breaks. There's no timeouts. It's full on run, like full sprints. Sprinting, sprinting, sprinting. It's crazy. And, and I, okay, I think about that and I say, spiritually, are, are we getting in that kind of shape? Are we getting into spiritual shape? Or is it the case that the world, the flesh, and the devil are knocking us down? Like the way that I, I've fallen away from the, the, the strength of motivation to order my whole day around the working out and then the eating falls in place, the sleeping falls into place, the discipline of of what I'm doing during my day benefits positively. Why was it so, it seems so much easier to do all this in college when you're surrounded with all these guys and gals. I have nine kids and five teenagers. I think those are excuses. No, there was this, (laughs) yeah, just move on. (laughs) No, there's this just camaraderie, sense of momentum, seeking after God, going for the heights, adventure, the Lord is near. Oh, you're and talking college, about spiritually, not working out. Yes. Well, it was also working out because you, yeah, you didn't have nine kids then, but it was everything. It just felt like focus, effort, and we were younger, <laughs> we had more energy. 
I don't know, it just seems so easy to seek after the Lord or to stay in shape or live a life that was more disciplined and in order. I, I kind of look at some of our kids that are at that age now and how they're getting things in order, but they weren't like that when they lived here. There's something about being in the home that it made me, it, when I was going away to college, it was so much easier for me to do the things I needed to do outside my home. When I came home for Christmas break, like a month, I would go crazy because I could not grasp or enter into a, a routine or a rhythm that was efficient or successful or fruitful. I just felt bogged down by my family dynamics. I love my family. I love my siblings. And we all got along. But I did not feel this just throw off the weight of the world and go after what needed to happen. I just felt comfortable. Don't you remember going home during the holidays and just kind of sitting there and hanging out and letting mom wait on you and hang uh, you out? You know, I, I never out. even remembered that until you bring that up. No momentum. I felt like it was like <laughs> so, uh, like in a swamp or something. I, molasses. I felt like molasses when I was at home. I still feel that way. Like I, when I go. But isn't that just the weight of past experience? It could be. Like I don't that know. That was the habit that you had when you were there that you kind of fall back into that I don't when you s- access, when you go back into that setting again. But how could you do that if you valued, like, I think when our kids are away right now, they just say they have a lot more momentum and better rhythm to their days than when they're here. Mary Catherine and Mary Grace. So I would say... And they're way more productive but you know what? with okay. things. I'm going to say that in part, that is that... They don't have the complications they have when they're living as part of a family, number one. And number two, they've got to own it. And I think that's the difference, is that when they become engaged in what John Paul II calls self-determination, when there's that sense of saying, I only will be my authentic, most profound like self, that that will only happen when I make the decision to do that. And I think we see that in like one of our daughters who really struggled when she was first away from home and finally kind of got, got, got her, um, you know, got her, what do you call the sea legs where now she's able to stand on her own two feet <laughs> and do better. Like crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm thinking of, I just, I, I guess I'm thinking about support and accountability and, not just working out, but spiritually working out. How do you as a, a family go after God, grow in Him, keep it a focus, and do that in a, as a married couple? And then how do you get support around you to do that with other couples and other families? Because that's really the momentum and the, the culture or the... Like, as Catholics, we go to church on Sunday pretty much. I mean, other... You know, it's those who go every day and those who... But there's that's it. There's not like Wednesday night prayer meeting. There's right. no Bible study. There's no you have to well, seek out a we book were, club. Yeah. Well you that, have to seek out spiritual strengthening. There is no gym. Let's just call it let's call it priorities. Right? It, it it's it's a matter of saying, <laughs> What's the goal of my life? And am I willing to prioritize my time, my energy, my focus, my commitment in order to achieve that goal? And the answer is we're just not. We're just not. We're willing to let lesser goods diminish the focus and crowd out the emphasis on the greatest good. I think it's, that's, that's not that complicated. And why we do that? Then I just point back to the flesh, 
right? That, that there are these urges within us that say, I would prefer not to die to myself. I would prefer to find joy in the things that I enjoy. So I think, okay, this is not even something that I want to talk about really, but I'm just thinking there's other ways we as community can do it better and smarter. Yeah. I, and support. So I like to go to like a workout class where right. you go and you're with everyone. There's music and it's motivating. And how do you get that motivation going with spirituality? Because it's so important. Yeah. So I would say this. I would say that um, it's short-term commitments that are made together. Okay. That's right? good. So yeah, it's like, like 90 days for uh, the 90 days for like... Yeah, or six weeks. What is that called? 90 days? N- Exodus 90. Exodus 90. Yeah. It's too long. You know, the, <laughs> no, they don't get it. That. 60 days, 30 days. It's like a Lenten. <gasps> We're it's doing like, the novena for 30 days. Yeah. That's about it. No, it's about 30 days. That's about what guys can do, right? And so it's too long if you're going to go for 90 days. But if you can do 30 days, you can build that momentum or even nine days. If you could just do it as a novena where it's something that is a more intensified commitment to do the things that I really want to do. I, I, I really believe that that would start breaking open um, new aspects, new dimensions of our spiritual lives and of our relationships. And I just share that with the folks that are listening. It's like, you said, how am I going to like get more zeal and fervor to pursue spiritual goods and get those spiritual workouts? You have to find other women and we have to find other couples, right? That's it. If we're willing to do that and walk together intentionally, even if it's a more intense commitment for a short period of time, we'll begin to see some of those breakthroughs. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's, there's no, there's not a magic pill, like do it this way. I think it's those principles. It's those guardrails that well, you follow. They, I know that um, some people have hijacked the whole Benedict option of simplicity, solitude. What's the other S? Silence. Silence, Sabbath, and sacred, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> I just made it up. <laughs> Santa. Um that there is a way in which you follow some of those disciplines. Absolutely, yes. As a as a community. Right. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. Well, Carrie, I wish we could talk more about that. Um, that's about intentional living, following our tradition in, in those things that the disciplines of Advent will bring about. So consider ways to be silent in solitude, coming away from the normal set of activities, join together with brothers and sisters in Christ, and uh, and seek the Lord. Strip down, make things more simple. All right. Thank you so much for being with me, everyone. Everyone, you carry. Thank you all for listening. God bless you all. Join me on Monday for more Sun Insight.